You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 138. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. So many moms returning to work have asked me how to get hired in a job that pays well, but also allows them to be the mom they want to be. And I've seen so many make the mistake of taking a job teaching English at 3 a.m. for $15 an hour. And that's just backward because your skills are highly valuable. And so is your time. That's why I put together a free training to help you jumpstart your tech career by learning about the fields of UX design and front-end development. So you don't waste time on one more side hustle that isn't a career and doesn't give you the flexibility and income your family needs. I only offer these trainings twice a year and it's available right now at the release of this episode. So sign up now for the helpful and interactive free training, three strategies to jumpstart your UX design career or three strategies to jumpstart your front end development career. Sign up for one, the other, or both. It's all free. Go to youartechie.com slash sign up. That's Y-O-U. A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com slash S-I-G-N-U-P. I'll see you there. Brittany Cates is an award-winning UX designer. She's a former elementary school teacher who made the leap from teaching to UX design to devote her days to designing products that truly serve her customers. Brittany also has experience in interior design and sales. In her UX work, Brittany owns the UX process from research to prototype that supports customer needs by providing comprehensive design plans for development teams. She validates design from end-to-end product experience through effective communication with product managers and devs in an agile environment and analyzes existing interfaces to detect user pain points, recommend design changes, and iterate on product designs. Brittany graduated from BYU with a 3.7 GPA in elementary school education and teaching. She's moving this weekend to a beautiful new place just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, with black herringbone tile in her bathroom, where she will be enjoying the place all to herself. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ellen. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And I want to tell us about the apartment first. I I know that (laughs) you've been living with some people and it's been a big dream of yours to have some space to yourself. So are you excited? Absolutely. I've been living with roommates for a really long time. And this basement apartment is recently built in the basement of a home of a friend of mine. And she invited me to to come rent it out and it'll just be me. And I'm just excited to kind of have a space of my own to decorate and, you know, keep the way I want it. <laughs> so, And she has, uh, she's an interior designer, right? So she has great taste. And yes, this friend of mine is an interior designer. So it's beautiful and super stoked. <laughs> and that's why we're talking about the black herringbone subway tile, because you and I both love that. <laughs> so adorable. I can't. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's talk some UX. Recently hired as a UX designer full-time after spending years as a teacher. And I was talking to you a little bit before but, you know, I get a lot of teachers. I was a teacher. I get a lot of teachers that, they, you know, it's a burnout. It's a high burnout industry and they want something else that they can do. And so often, I think with teaching, they are checking all these boxes and they need these certifications. It's like really hard to see yourself doing something else. But yeah. you have done that. You've gone from teaching to UX design. How did you do that? Well, the short answer is 
I decided I need to make a career change and I took action to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love it. That's obviously the short and sweet answer, not accounting for all of the fears and uncertainty that come with a career change. And I felt like being, I just feel like as a teacher being in it, in the middle of it, kind of like you're talking about, like mm-hmm. it's, well, this is familiar and I know what to expect from this. Right. I don't know what to expect from venturing out somewhere else. And it's really been very eye-opening entering the tech world because it is such a stark contrast Mm -hmm. in many ways from life of a teacher, the career of a teacher. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of, as a teacher, scheduling and check boxes and things to do, make sure they're done by the next day. So Mm -hmm. you're ready for the kids. And tech has just been more flexible and more, I don't know, it's just been refreshing <laughs> to be quite honest. Total change. Yeah. And it's, totally and it's changing. Really, what I'm always teaching too, is like, do the work, you know, just get out yeah. there and do yeah. the work and teaching. It's almost like you, you, not that you need permission, but the, the course is set for you. I mean, yeah. even I always make the joke, even the bathroom when you can go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I taught high school, so I could like leave for a couple of <laughs> minutes, but I remember like, I just need to go to the bathroom where I need to go. And so that was always, you know, a thing, but it's that, you know, your days are structured and how you get into teaching right. structured and, and tech, like you said, is kind of the opposite. Yeah. Do it a little, show us. And then, you know, what do you think? Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's a little loosey goosey, you know, <laughs> it's like, right, right. you've got to this to do however you get it done that's great but not easy it's a challenging no, career right Definitely. for sure for sure yeah I mean one thing that you have taught me <laughs> to remind myself of is that as a person in tech as a pro- tech professional I don't know what you want to call it I I'm paid to think right. I'm paid to think about processes I'm paid to think about the what's best for the user. And whereas as a teacher, it was a lot to, not that there wasn't thinking involved, but it's just kind of been a mind shift for me. So, yeah. I love that. I think that's so important because that is, I have had students come to me and they're like, just give me the list. Give me the list of everything I need to learn and I will do it. I will do that list. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. there is not the list. There's no list. There's the project, there's the process, you go through the process, but you have to be willing to think. And at the beginning, you have to be willing to think and be wrong because you aren't exactly sure. And then when you get more experienced, then you're still wrong and you have to be willing to (laughs) take that feedback, right? Exactly. Which is, you know, one of the benefits I've found from working with the team of UX designers Mm -hmm. is to be able to get that feedback. So you, or even just in the program, working with the group of women in our cohort or whatnot, you know, like getting the feedback to help guide you and make sure you're on the right track. Right. Yeah. In the URTechy program, we do period mentor feedback, right? Because it's part, because that is part of the process. That's what happens when you get into work and you, it's not a straight line. Like you you don't magically say, here are the designs and then now go put them in, right? There's a whole, there's a whole process of peer feedback and and user feedback too, right? Correct. Yeah. I was going to mention that too. Yeah. It's not just the designer, right? It's always thinking about the user and getting that information from them as well. So that's great. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your career journey. How did it start off? 
And how did you end up where you are now? I know it wasn't as smooth as I maybe made it in the intro, but tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I grew up as an artist. I love to draw. I took all the art classes possible in grade school. And that led me to, to want to pursue a career in graphic design. So that's where I started my university education was in graphic design. I got my associate's degree at a community college and then transferred to university, BYU. And and in the process, like in the middle of that program, I had a bout of imposter syndrome, (laughs) like seeing all these designers around me that were in my mind so good and so much better and creative than I was. And so I decided to change my major and I chose elementary education because I've always loved learning, being in school. And I had really fond memories of my elementary school days, you know, and, and I love kids. So I thought this would be great. And and this would be right up my alley, you know? And as soon as I got into the thick of things as a teacher, I realized I was missing something. And I just knew I had to do something with art and design and and so there was that searching, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working full time, I'm doing the teaching thing and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what is it that I really want to do? Because mm-hmm. I just knew that teaching wasn't my forever career. So my first attempt at that was going back to school for interior design. I got another associate's degree and I, I worked at a furniture store and did interior design for about three years. It was a really great positive experience. And it was one of the first times where being outside of teaching, I was like, oh my gosh, look what I can do. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's different. It's not, you know, what Mm -hmm. I'm used to. And this is kind of like cool. But unfortunately, things just didn't pan out the way that I'd hoped and going back to teaching. So again, in the thick of it, (laughs) realizing, no, still not my forever career, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So luckily... Which sounds kind of weird to say, but luckily with the pandemic, I'm not saying the pandemic. Luckily, we had a global pandemic. But but there's been a reevaluation period, I think. Yeah, it it gave me the time that I needed Mm -hmm. to really sit down and try and figure out what my next step was. Because I felt like I was in a place as a teacher where it was like, okay, I need to progress. What do I do next? Do I do it in teaching or do I do it somewhere else? And, And I just couldn't bring myself to do it in teaching. It just wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't in my heart. You know, like it just wasn't my passion advancing on that path. And so I actually have a friend who is a teacher turned developer. (laughs) She's been a developer for about six years now. And she, through some discussion, you know, she was like, why don't you check out UI design? I think that would be right up your alley, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Within my research, I learned about UX, UI, and was really excited about it because I felt like a lot of my strengths, like there's like Mm -hmm. two sides of it, right? Like the UX is like thinking through processes and being analytical about it and like trying to figure out the best way to do something. Mm -hmm. And then the UI side is like making it look good, like making it aesthetically pleasing and getting people to want to use it. And I was like, this is kind of like, me, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. this is what I like to do. And so I, after much research, I stumbled upon a UR Techie webinar. <laughs> you selected the best program that is available anywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and when Ellen said that I 
when you, Ellen, said that I didn't have to go back to school to change my career because I'd already done that. You know, I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I love <laughs> let's it. Let's just give it a try and I'll see what happens. Yeah. I love it. That is great. And then you joined the program and then it was just a piece of cake and you just managed to get hired. It was so easy. Within <laughs> like two weeks, I got hired. <laughs> it was just boom. Yeah. No, but I will fill in the the holes in that piece that you, like you did on the podcast, you put your whole heart into it. When it was hard, you showed up. And when it was successful, you showed up and, you know, you gave feedback and you were our portfolio award winner. I mean, you're like, even now I'm like peeling off the onion. I've known you for a while. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, you had that. Oh, I didn't even know your graphic design, but your portfolio, you were able to like tie all of those experiences in. That's the beautiful thing is a lot of people come and, and they think that their past is erased. And like you were able to yeah. use your interior design and graphic design work and put it into your portfolio and do your UX work and not make it look cluttered. And I think that is like a testament to the fact that, yeah, it feels like a winding road, but it kind of all makes sense, you know, when you put it together yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's just really interesting to reflect on the journey? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to tell us about the journey? What do you think from committing and, and being a part of it? You know, what do you want to share that it took to get to this place that you are now? You know, one thing about, I mean, I think it, it's not just about, gosh, I prepared and I didn't think I was going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> that is wishful thinking, if you know me. <laughs> but what do I always say? So if you guys haven't been coached by me, I'm like, oh, it's the criers that get hired first. It's the criers who make more money. Right. Because we are, we, because we're criers, because we're willing to like go there, which I think is pretty much what you're about to talk about, which is why you're kidding. But it's not just about UX, the process, right? Yes. Yes. It's, it's about self-improvement. It's mm -hmm. about like figuring out who you are, you know, and not that I hadn't started that journey even before this program, but this program definitely helped. I mean, he was my career coach and mentor helping me through the whole process. And then the girls, the women, <laughs> the friendships that I've made, support that's been there along the way, because there's, you know, nothing's a straight path, but there's ups and downs and there's this process can get frustrating, right? Because you are showing up, you are doing the work, yeah. you're networking and, and reaching out to people and it feels like nothing's happening. And you're like, but I did everything. I checked off the boxes, right, on the list. Right. <laughs> you know, say to you, you're doing all the right things. You're doing all the right things. Yes. You know? That was yes. definitely, I remember like there was this one week, like you took a week off or something and you went to a hotel and you were like, got after it. And yeah. And you, I remember, I was like, yeah, you know, and you, from a distance, it's so obvious to see like, yeah, you're going to get your result hundred percent. You're getting re your result, but you don't get to decide when that happens. It's like, it, you right. know, chips just, you don't know what chips will fall. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, but I love the personal development aspect too, because like you were saying, it's not like you weren't doing that before, but when you're going through something hard, when you're trying to get hired and you, you know, you've gotten hired as a UX designer, you've never done this before. So it's a, right, an identity right. shift. You're shifting your identity. Like, yeah. no, I'm doing this. You know, all sorts of things get thrown at you along the way. And I think that it does help you grow as a person if you can get through that and, and navigate it in a way that's loving to yourself and not beating yourself up along the way when boulders are being thrown at you. Right. Well, let me ask you this. What role do you see yourself as a woman in tech? And, you know, we talked about this a little bit. So like Brittany's not a mom. I always have at least like 30% of my program are non-moms. I know that we talk about moms, 
a lot because we focus on returning to the workforce. But you know, you a lot of times we'll talk about parenthood and but you're a woman in tech. And how do you view your role as a woman in tech? I think that being a woman in tech is valuable because you're coming in to a predominantly male field with a unique perspective. And not only perspective from being a woman, right? But also from having such a varied background. Now, you know, as a mom, that would include motherhood, right? Can only imagine being an outside viewer of mothers, right? That there's so much that you learn in the process of being a mom that nobody else would understand Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless they were what, you know? And so I think that it's super important to bring that to the table and recognize the value that you bring, whatever your background is, right? I mean, women think differently than men do. It's just a fact that's not good or bad. And I think that it's super important to speak up about your ideas and like your perspective on things because you're going to see it in a different way than they ever would. And I think that adds value not only to the people that you work with, but Mm -hmm. also to your user, right? Because if you think about all the people out there using tech products, like half of them are women, like, yeah, let's think about this here. I love it. So do you feel like your opinions are heard and listened to as a woman in your workforce, in your position? I do. I like, I've had moments where I've spoken up and I can see like some people in the room, they're like, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, like, yeah. And, I didn't think uh, about it like that. Yeah. And so it's uh, kind of, it's just kind of cool <laughs> to be like, I love okay, it. I'm her, you know, and people value that and they see where I'm coming, you know, where I'm coming from or where I'm wanting to go with this. And they are like, yeah, let's explore that, you know, or let's take that action or let's think about it, you know? Right. So. And I do want to, you know, I think it's important to bring that perspective. I love the way you talked about, you know, being a woman, having different, a view, different viewpoint, but sometimes men are the best advocates of women. I mean, you were brought in by a male mentor and somebody yeah. who, you know, you built a relationship with, and that's how you brought in and were brought in. And I think that is a great indication that you're going to be in a place that values your opinion, you know? So yeah. I just wanted to put that out there because I know in my experience in this work, men are equally as likely to be the, an advocate of a woman in, in technology. I think that they do want to hear that perspective and that yeah. it's up to us to be available to provide it. Yeah. yeah. So don't, you know, shy away from doing it just because you're worried about something along those lines. Yeah. We're needed, you know, and wanted. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, I think that's a great perspective because sometimes if you're sitting at home and you're working on your stuff and you're like, who's even going to listen to me or who, you know, it's good to ha- have someone like you coming from this sort of perspective to say, yeah, actually your voice is wanted. Actually, people do want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. All right. Question about your process. Did you ever doubt yourself? Oh, <laughs> yes. In case you couldn't tell from the crying. <laughs> There's lots of crying involved in the process because it was a journey. I mean, I'm trying to think of a different word to use because we've used that one already, but yeah, I doubted myself. And even after all that I've accomplished up to this point, I still have moments where I'm like, am I doing this? Like, am I doing this right? Is this like, because yeah. it's just new. It's just new territory. So mm-hmm. anything that's new is bound to bring up your insecurities and your doubts. And also kind of like we talked about, I was in teaching long enough that 
just, it was almost like, what, how do I do something else? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like when you're inundated in a specific environment for a period of time, it's hard to sometimes imagine other options, right? So then when you're actually pursuing another option, is this real? Like, can I really right. do this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a little bit like pretending, I say. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit like pretending. You just have to kind of pretend that you're doing it. Okay. So you doubted yourself. And I mean, I was a witness to that. And because you're human, I know that's true as well. Let's go back and pretend that you are, you're you right now. And you're going back to former Brittany and you're going to, she's having a doubting moment. What do you say to her? That you can do it and that it is possible. I don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking of, you know, I, I talked to a recent teacher who's feeling the, the burnout, <laughs> you know, and burnout. she's like, I just don't know what else I would do. I just don't know. Oh, I hear that one all the time. I don't know what else I would do. Yeah. In my mind, I'm just like, but you could do anything you want. <laughs> There's so much you could do. You don't have to keep doing this if this is like making you like miserable. And I'm not trying to knock teaching. I just, it's a lot mm-hmm. of work and it is a lot of stress. And especially with the pandemic and all the things that have changed mm-hmm. over the past few years, I mean, the struggle is real, you know, mm-hmm. for a teacher. And so I want to like shake her, you know, <laughs> be like, no, it is possible. You can't do other things, you know? and. I'm confident that you could figure out what your path is because there's just so many options out there. I don't know. And that is one thing that I realized in this process too. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was possible, you know? And so in those moments of self-doubt, just like reminding my former self, I don't know, of that. And then also how you always say, like, just keep showing up, you know, just keep going. And just keep swimming, like Tori Mm -hmm. said, you know, do and do the next right thing because you're going to get there. Yeah. Just keep going and taking one more step and another step, another step. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think that is such great advice because when you're in your doubting moments, your brain can be like, well, what's this even worth? What? I mean, it happens all the time with fear where your brain will throw at you. It's not even worth it. I should just stop right now. But if you're like, yeah. okay, just be quiet and let's just do the next right thing. Keep going. <laughs> then you can have all those doubts that come up and you can still get the result that you want. Right. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So you've been interviewed. I mean, this was, it was really fun to kind of watch the process because you had a lot of interviews and then you ended <laughs> up, you know, nailing this job, which was awesome. But you have been interviewed. You had a lot of interviews in that one, especially that one time frame. but over the course yeah. of it. You've been interviewed um, by employees and clients because you had freelance clients too. So what were your two favorite interview questions that you were asked that might be helpful to other people too? Mm, Well, (laughs) that one was kind of, was kind of hard for me because honestly, like, is there really any question you really enjoy when you're in an interview? I don't know, but um, that's really a great point actually. So I mean, interviewing was not fun for you. You're not one of those people who's like, oh, I love interviewing. No. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, how fast can I get this over? So it was easier to think of all the questions that I like always like cringe. Okay. That's whatever, (laughs) however you want to deliver your advice to the future generation, do it. (laughs) But I would say, well, one of the questions that I I remember that I kind of liked and made me reflect a lot was app 
do you think is has really great UX design and why? And I was kind of put on the spot with it. And yeah. uh, and my answer, I wasn't like, wasn't great. But, <laughs> you know, I've thought about it since. And I think that it's probably for the listeners out there, like, probably a good thing to kind of think about, right? Yes. Like, what is an app that's out there? that you think is just really great and why, what is it about it that makes it so great? And how can you, because I think that's also, it's also like a reflection of you as a designer, right? Like your opinion on other, the way other things work and function is a reflection of who you are as a designer. So if you can, you know, think about that and and come up with something with the why, right? Why do you think it's like that, like a really good app then? I think that's an exercise. Yeah, I think I think that's obviously a good question because you've thought about it afterward. Yeah, yeah. So like that's a really good, if it's a question that you're still thinking about, yeah, I like that one. I like that one. And I have a I have an answer for that, but I think it, for a while it would have been a hard thing for me to answer because I'm like really critical of most apps, but <laughs> I do have a few now that I like. So that's a good question. Okay, is there one more that you think someone should be prepared for? Well, to be prepared for, I just feel like the salary question comes up so often, which is one of my, which was one of my dread questions, which we have talked about Ellen and you're like, you need to tell people what we do. (laughs) Yeah. Tell people what we do so they can do it too. Well, what do we do? (laughs) If there's a question that you're like, you struggle with, it's all about the journaling, (laughs) journal about it, figure out what it is that makes you uncomfortable, right? And and then how can you work through that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I, I just feel like maybe I got to a point where it was just like, all right, we're just going to go with it. Like, right. you're going to ask me? I'm, I'm prepared with an answer and coming in with a, a confident answer because there was a while there where I was like, well, I'm thinking this, and I don't want, you know, there's but, all drama around it. So yeah. like, boom, this is what it is. Yeah. And we would practice that question too. That was the other thing. We yes. would journal about it. And we would practice. I probably asked you, I don't know, a dozen times. Yeah. What are you going to make? Yeah. How much do you want? How much are you going to Right. And that's a good, that's a good thing to practice because if you're saying it out loud, for the first time, and I like to tell this story. I tell the story in coaching a lot. I don't know if I maybe think you told it, I guess, but when I had to ask for more money than I was comfortable, and this is back when I was teaching, but it was a teaching in technology directorship at a, a high school. And I had to ask for more money, really more money than I wanted to ask for. But we were moving, it would have required a move. It did require a move to Washington, DC, a significantly more expensive area. And I remember feeling so I remember the sick feeling in my stomach when I had to ask. And then I asked, and do you know what happened? She said, yes. Yeah. Like she didn't like it. And she wasn't happy, but she said, yes. But I remember that sick yeah. feeling. And now I can think back and think, well, yeah, I never practiced saying it out loud. So that first time I said it, it just felt like awful. Yeah. Where the more times you say it out loud, then it's like, okay, okay. Then it's just like what you say, you know? Yeah. And it also makes me think of the idea of, okay, of, of knowing your value. And that's yeah. part of the journaling too, right? Like the, so my first freelance client, I got paid $25 an hour. Oh, you did? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, Great. And when he reached out to me again for a project later on, I said, I've upped my rate. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, 
I didn't even think about it. And then after, and then I went to a coaching session with you and I told you, and you were like, oh my gosh, that's like really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, You're like to no. tell somebody that you've already been established, you know, you've already mm. established a rate, like, oh, I've raised yeah, and, it's and much it harder to raise a rate than to just say a rate initially. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I did something like big and I didn't even think about it, you know, <laughs> because I'd already decided that, well, yeah. I'm making 35 now. Right. Like, and it's not an option to go back to 25. Right. You know? Right. So. And that's a real, I think that's a very good path too. Like we talk about the freelance project. Okay, you can do one project for free. You can do one project for 25, right. but don't stay there, right? Right. 35, yeah. 45, those are more realistic rates for even if you're newer in the UX field. Now, it depends on the field, depends on what you're doing, depends on your experience with it, but you knew your value was there. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's important. That's an important piece. I love that you said that your value talking about your value. And I love that you're, if one of your interview questions was, what do you want to make? Because that is for sure going to be asked. That is like 100% yeah. going to be yeah. every time. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about what your day-to-day looks like and maybe throw in there what is still a challenge for you in your, in your work. Well, my day-to-day is not as structured as I can, <laughs> but there's meetings to attend with my product managers, my devs, whether it's just me and my PM or like our, our lead dev PM UX designer meeting or our standups. So I have, I attend the engineers standups throughout the week so that I'm you know up to speed on what's going on and what they're working on and give my input where there's, you know, some UI design that's being implemented. I also meet with my UX team in person once a week. And so we have like these days where we're, there's lots of discussion around all of the, you know, different parts of the product. And we're currently working on a design system or establishing a design system within the company. So, you know, components and whatnot are, are streamlined. And so there's a lot of discussion around that and what's going to be what work best for different personas or different parts or sides of the product. And real quick, that's not though like a brand standard. Is it a brand standard or is it like a no, not necessarily? I'm not sure just because they just call it a design um, system, but it's about using the same components in the right, in the same place across the board. Yeah. And as far as like challenges go, some things that I'm still trying to figure out. Oh, well, also part of my day is like designing stuff, right? <laughs> like, and then I'm designing. And then yeah. when I have time. Yeah. Are you in Figma, by the way? Yes, yeah, yes okay, we use it. Figma. One of the things I'm working on, <laughs> struggling with working on is, first of all, user research. That's something that as like a team, we've been trying to implement more of. And there's not like a set process that's been established yet. So, which is in my experience, very common. I may have I mentioned that. Yeah. I may have mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah. And then also ideating on like future projects while I'm working on current ones. Yeah. That's kind of like a conundrum for me at this point, but I'm, I'm hoping that like I'm transitioning to a team where I'm going to be the sole UX designer awesome. over that part of the product. And I'm hoping that's going to, spark some more yeah, as I dig in, you know, that's going to get me a better feel for how to do that. That's great. I love it. That was, those are interesting challenges. I love those challenges. They seem very like fun, you know, like good to tackle and, and just exciting. All right. You won't believe it, but we're wrapping up. Last question. What advice would you give to a woman who's considering a career in tech and specifically UX design? 
I would say that if it's something that you're interested in and you want to figure it out, like just go for it, like jump in and do it because that's where you learn is in the doing. And the one thing that I really appreciate with Ellen's program is that she's like, you can change your mind, <laughs> like just get started mm-hmm. and follow through with the, you know, the project. And if along the way you figure out, wait, this isn't quite it, you know, that's fine. That's great. Like it's this mentality, like this growth mindset mentality, right. Of being, being okay with failing or, or you know, mm-hmm. whatever that, that is in your mind. Right. Because it's not a, f- a failure to change your mind, but you might feel like, oh, but I'm not like finishing this program or whatever. But that's not what the point is, right? The point is, like we've discussed earlier, figuring out who you are and what you want for your life and, and what you your desires are. And in the process, you're like able to recognize these capabilities that you have that maybe you didn't realize until you actually jumped in and went for it and did the work and did the work. So I would encourage anybody who's considering it, just do it. (laughs) I love it. On that note, Brittany Cates, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Ellen. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training and never ending support to get hired. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.